Welcome to the ultimate crowdsourced personal finance show. This is your Friday Roundup. You're listening to Choose FI Radio. The blueprint for financial independence lives here. If you're looking to unlock the secrets to financial independence and early retirement, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and join a community of like-minded people who are getting off the hamster wheel and taking control of their lives in the pursuit of financial independence. Choose FI, your home for financial independence online. All right, super excited to dive into this week's episode. To help me with this, I have my co-host Brad here with me today. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Jonathan, I'm doing quite well. Yeah, what's going on in your world? Well, uh, nothing. <laughs> have you ever had nothing? <laughs> wow, <laughs> that makes great audio for the podcast. So, <laughs> all right, well, let me let me jump in then. <laughs> so, my long-awaited solar panels are finally installed. I have my two-way meter running. Everything's running. I finally flipped go last week on it and man it is awesome well you're you're kind of like a low-tech guy here so i can <laughs> imagine of? like a, a lot <laughs> this laptop this was a this was a 1998 special <laughs> at a circuit city um <laughs> all right so if i had gotten solar panels man i would have like a dedicated monitor in my house with some sort of bluetooth wi-fi setup attached to everything letting me know my exact consumption it would actually be increasing my consumption because i wanted to know my <laughs> consumption whereas on your part like i could imagine you and the kids going outside and looking at your analog meter that dominion electric or dominion power goes and checks once a month and just like ooh, it's slowed down <laughs> <laughs> Right, Tell me so, I'm wrong. <laughs> well, you are not entirely wrong. I have some combination thereof. But yeah, I mean, this is really, it, it's fun. I have to say, like, a lot of this was, to your point, it's about behavior change. And I think there is certainly some of that. But some of this is just, wow, I have a power plant now on the roof of my house. And it's pretty wild. So they do have an app. So it's uh, a company called Solar Edge. They're the ones that, that the system is actually run through. So I have a little login here. And Jonathan, you can lean over and look at my laptop. I've got solar production in kilowatts by day. And it's really, it's pretty cool. And it, it updates. Unfortunately, you can't see it in real time, or at least I can't yet. It's, it updates every four hours. But man, it is so cool to just see the production and know that obviously, I mean, this thing is working. This was not only an investment, but I'm actually producing energy on the roof of my house where I was not. A week ago. So let me, I, I, this is actually really cool. I mean, thanks for showing me that. So I'm just curious with the app, the way it's framed, can you actually take the energy production and turn that immediately into revenue in your mind? Like, does that, oh, wow, I made 20 bucks today or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you certainly can. I have not done the math yet, but I mean, I think there's just like a really simple price per kilowatt. So, I mean, it should be as simple as multiplying. Cause honestly. I could see you so. having like a macro <laughs> down at the bottom there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to your point about actually going outside and looking at the meter, it's not all that far off from it. So, so <laughs> you made me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> What's cool is this solar edge company, I think it's called the inverter and I'm going to get people yelling at me for not knowing this, but we'll go with the word inverter for now. It's basically the nerve center of the entire solar panel system. You can look at it, and I have a 9.8 kilowatt production unit. So I have 28 solar panels, and that's the absolute maximum capacity. What's really cool about it is when you're actually watching this thing, 
when a cloud goes by, you see it drop. Let's say, for instance, 9,800 is, is the maximum amount, but it doesn't produce that. Even when it's full sun at one o'clock, like at solar noon, it's not at 9,800. It's, I've noticed, and again, I, I sit there and stare, and my family <laughs> think I'm <laughs> a little bit odd, <laughs> but maybe we'll say 7,500 so far is the highest I've seen. But you quite literally see a cloud go by, and it'll drop down to like 4,000 or less. And then the cloud slowly starts to move away and it, it starts going up 42, 4,300, <laughs> 5,000. The cloud's gone, boom, back up to 7,500. This is a numbers geeks absolute fantasy. It is the coolest thing to see it in real time like that. And again, you know that you're actually producing power. So you're like, damn it, cloud, move, please move. <laughs> you know how people have like housewarming celebrations. You should have like a solar celebrate. Everybody comes over, they can all pull up lawn chairs and they can just look at, at your gauge. <laughs> it's gotta be a sunny day. Man. You're right. How frustrating would that be? I have something kind of related actually. It's not solar, but it is battery powered. On my other property, we had enough lawn that I, I felt the need to have a riding mower. So we had a riding mower for the past five years. When we made this move to this neighborhood, it was a much more manageable a uh, lot and, and it would be kind of ridiculous. I have seen people that have tried to fit riding mowers on small lots like this and they look ridiculous. It, it's just how it is. So we sold it. And with the money from that, I went ahead and purchased, I was, you know, you would think, well, maybe just get a push mower, but I went ahead and looked around and I saw that there were these very reasonably priced electric or battery powered mowers. For the first time, suddenly I realized I thought through it and I was like, I wouldn't have to deal with gas. I wouldn't have to deal with oil. I wouldn't have to deal with all the maintenance that comes with those. And then I can switch it out. So if I had a weed whacker, I could you know, switch it out and use it on the weed whacker, on the leaf blower, all these different things. I don't have to deal with mixing 20 to one oil ratios, all this stuff. And for the first time, suddenly I thought about the actual pure convenience of having something that's just battery powered. Now, I don't think maybe this isn't coming through as much, but I remember always thinking, I'll never have a battery powered car. I'm always going to have like a gas. There was just this thought. I'm not saying that they've been fully formed or I was adamant about it, but just my underlying bias was I'll probably always have a gas car. But I purchased these lawn instruments with the money says, that I made. Says every horse and buggy owner in 1900s. Right, right. Yes, there are still those <laughs> of us. But I'm telling you, and this is, I don't want to say this is growth mindset. I feel like that's kind of like belittling it just a little bit, but this is just an internal thing that happens with me, like something that I took as just to set and forget, this is just what I will end up doing. That has been shaken to the core by having these battery powered tools that just work exceedingly well without the mess of gas and oil and all that jazz. And suddenly I saw that transference over to my thoughts when it came to driving a car, driving a vehicle. And I realized at some point I will view having a gasoline car as an inconvenience. Now, this is not a pitch for Tesla or that I need to go get a Tesla, but just rather the technology is getting so close now that you will, I, I believe now personally for myself that five, maybe 10 years from now, I will, when it's time to get another car, I will be looking at a battery powered car. And I just, I can't believe that I'm saying that. I never would have imagined saying that, but it's just at some point you start to think of gas as an inconvenience. And that's a real mindset shift for me. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. And what's funny actually, and I didn't even bring this up to you, but last night my kids and I were sitting around, I was paging through a magazine and they were talking about super high tech items for your backyard. And one of them was basically a robot powered lawnmower. So it's like a Roomba for your lawn. 
They have. I saw it at Lowe's. They they yeah. have it. It's 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 fifteen hundred dollars. And that's so. And that's where I was going with this. It was at first I'm like, oh, that's ridiculous. But then the thought crossed my mind. Man, if I never had to mow the lawn again, and like this thing, it has these tiny, tiny little clippers. So, like, oh, really? Picture, like tiny little clippers. It's working essentially constantly. So it's not cutting two inches at a time. It's like like an eighth of an inch or even less. But it's just that. It's like a Roomba and it just keeps going. You never need to bag anything because it's doing it so frequently right. and it's only cutting off that top inch. Your lawn is healthier. It's actually the nutrients are going right back in the soil. There's a lot of perks for it. I tell you what, though, I remember the early versions of the Roombas. You don't want to own one of those. There's a lot of <laughs> no, kinks no, to be no. worked out. Yeah, I'll wait for the R&D to pass maybe in a couple of years. But I mean, this is a question for you, a gadget guy. I mean, that thing cost 1500 to The one I saw was 2700 Like. I have a number in my head of like what I would pay for this thing to never have to mow the lawn again. But I think that's a real question for people out there is, again, Phi is not about being miserly. It's not about watching every penny and eating beans and rice. It's about what do you value in life? And now, obviously, this is kind of an extreme example, and I know I'm opening myself up to ridicule here, but Deservedly. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm fairly so, but like there is some price that I would pay for this thing. If a regular mower costs two or 300 bucks, what would you pay to never have to mow the lawn again? <laughs> Can I tell you something? My wife, who is now 34 plus weeks pregnant, <laughs> actually still asks me if she can go mow the lawn because she. I have to like talk her down off the ledge. I'm convinced <laughs> she's trying to do things to just make this baby come faster. I don't, I don't, she said, hey, you think it'd be cool if I go for a, a jog or a walk earlier? And I was like, well, sure, of course. Uh, wait, no, no, you absolutely cannot. <laughs> she also started thinking about joining CrossFit now. And you're like, please wait until October. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, I, you know, there probably is a price. And that's be yeah. interesting to think about. I, I will say, I, I think those things have a ways to go. I think there's probably a lot of little kinks that would have to be worked out before one of those would be at a place where it's just an obvious win. All right. Hey, let's go ahead and hop into this week's episode. And in particular, what I wanted to talk about with Sean was go back to this idea of funding a Roth for your child, what what does it actually look like? And between you know your input and his input, I think we have a really great roadmap here. But my biggest takeaway was the extra benefits that are added when the parent has a side hustle, sole prop LLC, not an S corp. The extra benefits when a parent has a side hustle in which they are able to employ their child. Yeah, and Jonathan, able to employ the child. I think this is really crucial, and we spent a lot of time talking about this in the episode. This is legitimate employment. And Sean talked about dotting I's, crossing T's, having backup, right? So this is really important. You can't just say, oh, my kid made $10,000. I mean, that doesn't work. Oh, they filed papers and I paid them 20 grand. No, no, no. You need to have some sense. You need to, A, as he said, have W-4s. You need to have documentation. You should probably have some type of signed contract, or at least, hey, this is what you get paid per hour for the job that you're doing. So I think what's really important here is there's there needs to be legitimacy to it. Honestly, Brad, so what we're talking about, this is a second generation FI conversation. We have talked about the power of a side hustle. We've talked about the power of talent stacking of building your personal brand, all these different aspects. This is where it all comes together. I mean, if you can do something like this, effectively what you're doing is getting rid of the need for an inheritance. You know, this is one of those struggles. Do I leave my child this massive nest egg or, or not? It doesn't have to be binary. Ultimately, the people that say they don't want to leave their child an inheritance, what they're getting at, and this is what I heard Pete say, and I, and I respect that perspective, I want to make sure that my child has the ability 
to create something for the self so they don't need that inheritance. This, what we're talking about right now is tied directly to that because you are modeling behavior that you want your child to pick up on. You're modeling the idea that you're not solely dependent on your sole employer right now, right? You're, you're creating this idea that entrepreneurship, you're creating the idea of, st- of talent stacking and building a side hustle, building a personal brand, the work ethic that goes into actually building something yourself. You're allowing them, you know, like society gives us a bunch of rules. And some of them are really great <laughs> and are great for humanity. Others, while you understand why they're applied at the macro scale, don't necessarily uh, serve an individual. Like for instance, child labor laws, right? I, I think it's a, I think child labor laws are a wonderful thing. Uh, and there are certainly examples throughout human history where it has gone off the rails and it's bad. But the other half of that doesn't need to be that we don't teach a child how to work until they're graduated from college. And our generation is the most overeducated, underexperienced generation in all of history. So I think the idea that you can take something that you're working on, help your child both develop a income stream, build this skill set, learn entrepreneurship and get a chance to spend time with their parents is build that relationship is incredibly valuable. And I think what we could do since at the heart of this, we are a finance show is we could talk about the numbers, what those numbers would actually look like. What if you did have a legitimate side hustle, a legitimate business that you were able to employ your child in and allow them to start working towards something at a much earlier age? I think we could map this out. Sounds like a plan. All right. So I'll give you a few numbers and then why don't you fill in the details and we'll come up with what this might actually be worth. So what I was thinking is let's take a, a couple that is uh, making roughly, I don't know, $85,000 a year. They have a side hustle on top of that, that they've started that is now producing some level of income. And let's say that side hustle is making $25,000 a year. So married filing jointly, you have the standard deduction, $24,000. What would it look like for this parent to employ their child, paying them $3,000 a year. How would that, what sort of impact would that have if they did this in the context of the strategy that we talked about with Sean? All right. So just to slow down on that, you said they're making 85,000 in their regular day jobs. This side hustle is making 25,000. That's a 110,000 total. We're going to assume the simplest possible method. They're having the standard deduction, which now for married filing joint is 24,000. So let's bring us down to 86,000 of taxable income. That's what we're saying, rough back of the envelope. And we're going to assume just the simplest method for their tax return. So they're going to take the standard deduction, which as Sean said, for 2019 for married filing joint is now 24,400. So they take their 110,000 of income minus that 24,4. And that gets us down to 85,600 of taxable income. Now, I am looking at the tax brackets and rates for 2019 here on the internet, and I'm seeing that if your taxable income for married filing joint is over $78,950 for 2019, you're in the 22% marginal bracket. Every dollar thereafter, and this is really important concept, the marginal bracket. It's not those first $78,949. Those are taxed at different rates. So you're, when you're in a tax bracket, quote unquote, people throw that around very uh, leisurely, let's say. It's not true. Not every dollar prior to that is taxed at your highest rate. It's only the dollars over that threshold. Okay. So these taxpayers here are over that amount. So every dollar of income they bring in over 78,950, they pay 22% federal tax rate on that. Okay. So as we said, 85,600 is where they are right now. So those last 
6,000 and change dollars are over that threshold and they pay 22% on that. Okay, so for context, by employing their child and paying their child the $3,000, that effectively for them is going to reduce their taxation on those la- on that last dollar by 22%, on that last $3,000 yep. by 22%. Yep, that's exactly right. So in this case, if they have this side hustle that's making 25,000, and if they have legitimate work that this child can do that they're paying them $3,000 for, then obviously the taxable amount of that business goes down to $22,000 now, okay? And that's a benefit for the parent. And Sean also mentioned that the benefit would also be that you would bypass in the case of a sole prop or an LLC, you would also bypass the payroll tax, which between the employer and the employee is 15, it's 7.65 on each side, right? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) 15.3%. So right, that is what Sean said. There's no payroll tax if you have those two type of business entities. So on that $3,000, that would normally be 15.3% of tax between both the employee and the employer that now evidently does not have to be paid. So, you know, on the actual business side, that $3,000 worth of deduction for this particular family is worth $660 for that 22%. That's a significant amount of tax savings plus this payroll tax savings, evidently. And and honestly, the reason we chose to do this case study this way is to highlight the benefit for the business and for the, and for the parents, right? But really, it's entirely a setup to talk about the benefits for second generation FI. And I thought as the second part of this case study, what we could do is create a hypothetical where the child works in this business for some period, an extended period of time. They start early, much earlier than the societal norm. And they do this for an extended period with the goal being, how can we work with our child to enable them to earn their first 100K, but do it in a tax advantaged, optimized way that really just sets them up for their entire future. We're not talking about giving them a silver spoon. We're talking about finding a way to work with them to collaborate on them building their own perpetual money-making machine. (laughs) All right, Jonathan. So yeah, let's play this out. Let's say this child starts at the age of eight working on the family business, which is what it ultimately is. They do this all the way through the end of high school. So they're making $3,000 a year from the time they're eight to 18. And as long as this is earned income, you can now put that amount into a Roth IRA. And again, as we discussed with Sean, the FI tax guy, it does not have to be those exact dollars. So if you wanted to give that money to your child for let them do what they want with it, you can still put in $3,000 of your own money into their Roth IRA as long as they have that earned income. Now, obviously, you have to figure out what works with your family. I don't want my kids blowing $3,000 just for fun, and then I'm going to put in three grand myself. But theoretically, it's important to know that it does not have to be the exact same dollars. We're playing this out, right? So 8 to 18, so we've got 10 years. They're putting in $3,000 a year. So if we're putting that in low-cost index funds, and we're assuming just back of the envelope, 8% annual return, by the time they're 18, we would expect that amount to be just about $47,000. So their net worth in this Roth IRA, and that's another crucial thing, this is after tax money. So they will never have to pay taxes on this, Jonathan. This is $47,000 that is theirs. So yeah, that's where we are now. Does that make sense? Yes. And we're kind of doing this in two partitions. I mean, obviously there's a lot of variables that you could throw at this case study. You could say, well, maybe an eight-year-old isn't worth $3,000 a year. They're not doing enough. And by the time they're 18, 3,000 is too little. Maybe I'd be paying them more. We're trying to illustrate how this works to get started early. So we're just going to roll with this for now. 
but there's so much flexibility that just getting started on something like this actually uh, gives you and gives your child that um, the conversation is super valuable. So to set the frame, we're doing this in two parts, their working years and then future projections. So just during their working years from eight to 18, at the end of that period of time, you're at 46K. And then over an intermediate time period, Brad, what would that look for them maybe at the age of, I don't know, 28 to 30? Yeah, and this is where the fun of compound interest comes in, right? I love compound interest. (laughs) You can sit here and play with these calculators. It, It really is enjoyable. So we're starting at 18. They've got that 46, 936. And again, we're still assuming that 8% annual return. They hit their first 100,000 when they are 28 years old. So they would I, be in so much better shape than even you were yeah. at that particular yeah, moment. Yeah, I mean, for real. And certainly, certainly you, certainly obviously, me. right? So, I mean, you were mired. We were definitely going in two different directions. <laughs> but, right, I mean, you were mired in $168,000 of student loan debt at 28. And this hypothetical child has 101,000 of positive net worth. So $269,000 delta between the two. And just for having worked from the time they were eight to 18 on the family business, learning life skills, they're in there working with their parents, probably picking up things, spending quality time. So there are so many other positives other than the dollars and cents. But man, to have $101,000 of positive net worth in a Roth IRA that never will be taxed again, And then we can start getting into the fun of what is this compound to when you're 38, 48, 58, right? Well, you know, I was even going to say, what part of that is what they actually put in versus uh, what is their contributions? How much of that is made up of contributions, Brad? And how much of that is growth from that initial, from I guess when you're funding it, that initial 10 years? Yeah. So we talked about 10 years worth of contributions at 3,000 per year. So that's a real simple 30,000 of contributions. And the growth is the remainder. So that's $71,000 in this example that is just pure growth. One thing to note about the Roth, because many people might be like, well, that money is tied up to 59 and a half. It's worth pointing out that with the Roth, there are rules in place on how you can go about drawing this out, but your contributions can actually be withdrawn. So it's worth pointing out that at the age of 28 years old, let's say your child were to want some of this money because maybe they're going to follow, they're going to implement another one of the tactics that we've talked about uh, in recent episodes, including purchasing a first home. And they're going to get a larger investment unit, like a multiplex, a duplex, a triplex, any, you know, any of those. And they want to take out a fairly significant sum of money. They have access to those contributions. Those are theirs to get back whenever they want them. You know, maybe ideally you can just let it ride, but let's say they're following another tactic and they want to make another investment. They have $30,000 that they can withdraw anytime to be used for, well, I guess they could use it for anything, but ideally we'd like for them to use it to continue to build this machine that's working in the background. So anyways, let's assume they're not going to do that. Though. They're going to let it ride. This is going to be something that they just want to let it stay the course until down the road. Project this out a little bit further, Brad. Where does this end up? So yeah, I mean, I guess let's talk about the normal age where you can withdraw this, right? So it's normally 59 and a half, but let's just say 60. So yeah, I mean, by putting in $3,000 a year from the time you were eight to 18, at normal retirement age at 60, this is worth almost $1.2 million. Wow. That's just absolutely crazy. And then who knows? I mean, maybe if this kid is following the path to FI, presumably this is money that might just sit there, right? So who the heck knows? You can talk about generational wealth building. By the time they're 90, this is $12 million, Jonathan, 12 million. And yeah, I mean, I guess I can kind of geek out here on the the compound interest. It's a little preposterous to talk about 90, but man, $12 million by putting in $3,000 a year just for 10 short years. 
love it, man. I love how this stuff comes together. And then honestly, you know, depending on where someone is, they're listening to this. They're either like, wow, I have an LLC. I have a sole prop. I can be doing this. Why aren't we doing this? And they're, they're going home and they're just executing on that. Maybe someone else is like, well, I want, I need a side hustle that makes 25 K. <laughs> how do I, how do I get a side hustle that makes 25 K? Yes. Let's do that. You know, that's a question, right? It literally starts with a question and then you can figure out that, you know, it's not just one answer. There's a million opportunities out there. It's just figuring out what works for you and your life and your life situation. It's kind of like why, if you think about financial independence as a framework, I've had someone recently, actually, this was a fascinating conversation. We recently were interviewed by uh, Pete Matthews, who has a podcast. He's probably the largest personal finance podcast in the UK. His uh, show is called Meaningful Money. It's a wonderful show. It's been highly regarded by many of the guests that we've had from the UK. They've all mentioned it in a very positive light. And he interviewed us recently. One of the things he was asking is he said, is financial independence for, is it just for the wealthy? Is it just for those who make an above average income? And, you know, we obviously answered that question there, but what I was, one of the things that I came away with is thinking is that there's no fixed scenario in life where there's no variables that can't change. You know, an individual that looks at their income right now and just says, that's all it will ever be. That's a choice to look at it that way. For the vast majority of individuals, I would say 90 plus percent, 98, 99, I'm not, there may be an individual that will never have a change in their income and it's, and they have no options, no choice about it. But for the vast majority of the people listening to this show and sharing this show with their friends and family, there are, there's something that you can do that will move the needle and generate a higher income for yourself, both in the short term, intermediate term, and certainly in the long term. And in almost every case, it starts with realizing that, that simple realization, and then asking a better question. Well, what else can I do? And in many cases, for most of us, I think we say, first, let's focus on what your life actually costs. Let's identify the space, and then we can start engineering you know, more options. But I think just realizing that you don't have to be stuck is a big part of this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that is the ultimate of limiting beliefs. If you believe that where you are today is where you'll always be. And I just, I reject that fully. I mean, you look at someone, like we just had Joel from How To Money On. I mean, he made $23,000 and he had a plan, right? His plan was, how do I build basically a rental real estate little mini empire? But most people who make $23,000 would say, that's impossible, right? You'd throw up your hands and that would be that. But what did Joel do? Joel got up before work and did a $15 per hour job. I think, what was it, power washing cars or something? Like power washing decks? I don't even know what it was. That's astounding to me. Anybody can pick up skills. I mean, we've had so many people on this show who have just worked harder and learned new skills. Do you think they are limiting themselves to, oh, this is where I'm always going to be. I'm always going to make 20 or 30 grand. No, of course not. You're a human being. We are the ultimate adaptation machines, to quote Tom Bilyeu from Impact Theory, the ultimate adaptation machines. We can learn anything. You just have to try and you have to care. You have to have a plan and you need goals for your life. I mean, this is, this is really simple when you get to the heart of it. I love that. And actually, I like that you highlighted skills. I had one of the most insightful uh, conversations uh, actually at a restaurant that my wife and I went to recently. We're sitting there waiting, uh, just a short line, but this lady saw our son and our son is... He's a pretty engaging little kid right now. He's he might have hit peak cuteness. Don't tell him later. <laughs> he that is I said adorable. <laughs> but um, she started talking to us because our son was there and, and being quite interesting in the waiting room. She very quickly started telling us about her grandchildren, and her grandchildren were making choices, and they were going to school, and one of them was going to the army. And she basically said, "You know, my daughter and son told them they had one of three choices: they could go to school, they could learn a skill, or they could join the military. It's one of those three options." And I thought. 
that is a very comprehensive a la carte menu. That's, that's, I mean, honestly, if you think about it and you break that down in terms of what your options are, if you're not going to go to school, then you should probably learn a skill. And a skill gives you a lot of options because skills are valuable. I think many people look at their degree and think that the degree is automatically going to justify a job or a pay scale that they want to command. But ultimately, at the heart of that, what gets you any level of income is a skill that you possess. And there are so many skills that you can choose from. And you should really just think about what, what do you, I think it's a, lot less, it's a lot less intimidating to me to think about building skills as opposed to getting degrees. Getting degrees doesn't take a lot of imagination. You know, in terms of like, oh, well, I'll just go do that. School's going to take care of it. And then the jobs are going to be waiting up, waiting for me when I graduate. And I think we find that that is an illusion. It does happen. It is out there, but it's not a guaranteed, it's not a guaranteed fix for making that income. I wish it were. There are a lot of, honestly, I was thinking, I was hearing someone recently, they had, I used to think that if you got a pharmacist license, you were guaranteed a great income. And I've been hearing recently that the market has kind of changed. The market's tightening up and that it's harder to get those jobs than it used to be. Maybe, maybe that's true. I'm not currently looking, so I can't attest to that one way or the other. <laughs> but if you have a skill, you will always be in demand and you can always learn new skills and you don't need permission from a college to learn a new skill. And, and I think you mentioned this just in passing, but handymen will always be needed. HVAC techs will always be needed. Plumbers will always be, there's no Roomba coming <laughs> for your HVAC. I'm sorry. It's just not, it's not going to happen. And if you can learn a skill, not those skills, I just mentioned them because they were low hanging fruit and I can grab those, but you can make very easily hit a median income by learning a skill that is in demand. And so don't think that whatever you're doing now, whatever life choices led you to wherever you are now, if it's not serving you, you're, you do not have to be stuck. You can invest just a relatively short period of time, get retrained and go into an industry that is desperate for help. And you can make, you can command a great income. So Anyways, a little sidebar there, it's attached to this, but I think it kind of gets away from the heart of this, which is when you have bandwidth in your life and you're able to apply that to working with your kids. And instead of just saying, Hey, there's going to be a silver spoon waiting for you at the age of 60 or age of 40 or whatever, I'm going to work with you now to cultivate a mindset that makes sure that ensures that you won't need it. <laughs> and you can do with that what you will, but you are not going to need that. And I would love to see you choose to make the world a better place. All right, well, let's go ahead and pivot here. What I thought we could do today is actually go ahead and play some community voicemails. All right, first, I'm going to go and play a voicemail that we got from Chris. Hi, Brad and Jonathan. This is Chris. I've called you once before when I paid off $100,000 in my loans when I was in medical school and decided to try to take charge of things in that way and reconsolidate. I wanted to reach out now because my wife wanted to leave a voicemail saying thank you because recently you've convinced us to at least check our insurance policies, and now we're going to be saving about $300 every six months in GEICO. I wanted to say thank you, because when I was in a dark place with about you know $400,000 of student loans and couldn't really find the air to breathe or look forward and had to look for the things that I could control, this really helped me sort of change my perspective and feel like I had a modicum of control in my life when I felt like, in all intents and purposes, I was owned by the medical system. And, um, you know, this really helped me find a lot of hope and perspective in my life, not only in change financially, but also personally. You guys uh, also inspired me to understand my value. And last week I talked to my employer and while they tried to brush me off initially when I discussed finances with them, uh, I pressed them that their, you know, fringe benefits were simply not competitive 
they immediately went up the chain and came back to me with a more competitive offer, uh, which may still not be at the top of what I can earn, but is something. And uh, they never would have considered that if I hadn't spoken to them. And you guys gave me the the confidence and the motivation to do that. So uh, I just wanted to say thank you. I, I don't think I can say thank you in enough ways. Chris, that is incredible, man. Thank you so much for calling in and sharing. You've definitely inspired us today. And I hope for someone in this audience listening to this, you do not have to be stuck. Life is a moving picture. That's not a snapshot. I can see how you could look at where you are right now and say, what else can I do? But I think ultimately it's bandwidth, right, Brad? Yeah, it certainly is. And I mean, Chris talked about confidence and motivation. He said that a couple of times. I mean, I appreciate the compliment, Chris, but but it is all you. You can listen. Plenty of people listen to podcasts. They listen to motivational speeches. They read blog posts. They do all this stuff, but they don't get up off the couch and take action. And you did that. And I think that's what separates our community, the financial independence community, the Choose FI community from everybody else is we are getting up every single day, every single week, every single month, and trying to make our lives better. So Chris, a huge congratulations to you. All right, next I wanna give a shout out to Robert. He says, I started with a company in May of 2002 before my final year of college. The company subsequently hired me at graduation and I've been with them ever since. There's been a lot of fun, a lot of frustration, and a lot of change over those 17 years. I shocked some people and inspired others last month when my early retirement was announced. Now, two weeks shy of 17 years with the company, I walked into the office one last time to turn in my computer and key. This is choosing Phi. Wow, man. That's amazing. When you have options in your life, not just at the end of a 40 or 50 year stint, but that intermediate level of control, right? And you say, there's a fork in the road. I have two choices, stay the course, or I want to do something different. I want to do something different. And he makes the choice. Yeah. That is crazy. I mean, I'm reading this and it looks like Robert graduated from college in 2003 and he just turned in his computer and key and he's financially independent. Do you still get a gold watch? (laughs) I I don't think so. But I mean, that is crazy. We talk about this intermediate time, Jonathan, and and you just use that word. I got it from you, Brad. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, I really liked it. (laughs) No, I mean, it, it is useful, right? Like this is not get rich quick. There's nothing about this concept that is get rich quick in both mentality or in reality. But man, if for most normal people, if 16 or 17 years doesn't just blink by and you wake up and you're in your late 30s, what do you really have to show for it? Maybe a couple of vacations. I don't know, some good times, but most people don't have anything saved up. But if you can plan, plan for five, plan for 10, 15, in this case, 17, 18 years, you can reach that point where you do not need to work before you're 40 years old. And then you get the next five plus decades of your life to do with it as you want. That is the ultimate luxury in life. And Robert, just a huge heartfelt congratulations. Next, I want to play a voicemail that I got from Liz. Her and her husband have had a big turnaround in the last three months after listening to the show, selling a car, starting side hustles, and redefining their priorities. Going to go and pull this up for you now. Hi, Brad and Jonathan. This is Liz from Salt Lake City, Utah, calling in to tell you that Chooseify has changed our life. Warning up front, this is a lot to unpack, but here we go. (laughs) My husband and I started listening to the podcast a couple of months ago, and I'm now listened to all 260 plus episodes. We have made so many changes. We increased our savings rate from about 10 to 40%, working on more by cutting our expenses. 
started maxing out our 401ks, invested our HSA, refinanced our home, paid off our cell phones and moved to a prepaid plan and sold thousands of dollars of stuff, including one car. I now ride my bike to work. Proud to be a mustachian. Best of all, my husband left his job. Choose FI gave us the confidence to know how to build wealth and live intentionally that we decided it was more important for my husband to be home with our boys instead of having two incomes. Yes, we could reach five faster if he were working, but we were empowered to know we would prefer a few more years of work to have the time with our kids now. I make good money and have been blessed to move up quickly in my career. Also, we are now determined to start some side hustles. Every time I hear the choose if I hot seat, I want to answer the question, what is your biggest financial mistake? So here goes. I have two. First, I earned money going to college. I had so many scholarships that I made ten dollars to $12,000 a semester, and I have no idea where it all went. I could have been like some of your amazing guests and graduated from college with a net worth of $50,000 or more. I was even living at home at the time. Ultimate face palm. At least I am still young and know what I know now, but I so wish I could go back 10 years. I do not come from a financially sound or savvy family, and I've had to learn everything on my own. My husband and I were both so lucky to graduate without any student loans, so we had that going for us. Happy to talk to anyone about scholarship applications. Maybe this should be my side hustle? My second financial mistake. My husband and I spent $4,000 on a financial coaching program, so eager to learn more, but it turned out to be a bad investment. Little did we know there was so much information available at our fingertips through the FI community for free. We just had not found it yet. You live and learn, but that was a lot of money to us at the time. We try not to live in our regrets and rather just focus on how knowledge has empowered us to change our future. At least we've been travel hacking for years and love our Chase credit cards. We have traveled many places around the world for very cheap or free. I started my MBA program a year ago and knowing what I know now, I may not have done the program, but I really enjoy it and will graduate without any student loan debt. We had to do a passion presentation in my business communication class, and I did it on financial independence and choose FI. I ended with Brad's famous quote, easy decisions, hard life, hard decisions, easy life. Now that we understand our goal and how the math works, how in the world did I forget about the rule of 72? We find that we often spend much less than we budget and can save even more than we had projected. We are living both a frugal and minimalist life. Above all, we are happier than ever. We have so much still to learn but we know where we are going. The fire is spreading. Thank you for creating this awesome community. Wow. All right, Liz, we're going to be reaching out to you. We got to find out more about your story. This is, yeah, this that's is a, that's a full Monday episode for sure. That's, that's crazy. This is awesome. And there's I, so much there, man. I mean, there's, she's, she's literally, I think she's doing everything that we've talked about on the arc. Can you believe it? She said 260 episodes. Have we had 260 yeah. episodes? Yeah, that's crazy. But I mean, most importantly, Liz, we are happier than ever. That just warms my heart. I love hearing that. And that's what this is. This is a journey that you can take together with your husband. And I just, I love the action you guys have taken. Brett, honestly, I think if this show, you know, has a thousand episodes in it, if it has 2000 episodes in the arc of the show, the reason that I would continue to tune back in is because I want to hear about people winning and every walk of life. I want to hear about the actions that they took to take them and their family and their future generations to a better place. It's what keeps everything compelling. It's, I mean, that's the only reason it's not I mean, you're awesome, man. I really enjoy talking with you, but it, it wouldn't be you. That's not why I would come back, right? It would be the stories of the people in this community, what they have done. That's what gives it life. I mean, you honestly, at this point, you know our opinions on things, but people take those ideas and they take action with them. And it's just incredible to see and it inspires you to do better each and every day. I would love for our audience, if you have, if you have a voicemail that you want to hear featured or have featured on the show, 
If you have a story that you want to tell, if you want to leave a voicemail, go to chooseify.com slash voicemail and send in a clip that we can play on an upcoming episode. If you have a story that you want to tell, go to chooseify.com slash story. And we have a, a just a form there that you can fill out to have your story featured either on the website or the blog or have on the sh- on a future episode. This entire podcast, this entire uh, website. Everything is dedicated to highlighting stories of people in the financial independence community that have made a different choice, a slightly more optimized choice, and are getting a radically different result. And just seeing how that spills over both in their own intermediate life <laughs> and into the lives of the next generation. All right, guys, I just wanted to quickly mention, we have gotten several requests Actually, even more than several. I don't, what is several, Brad? Is that is that three? <laughs> is that five? I've gotten close to ten requests over the last month to get a Chooseify shirt for the local groups, and honestly, this has been challenging because the the we have one shirt that we're a huge fan of, uh, but they don't print on demand, and so when we were thinking about scaling that out, it basically looked like me <laughs> going down to the post office every single time someone wanted to order it and get the shirts uploaded. And so we were like, well, that's not, that's not going to happen. So we kind of sat on it for a while, but actually we were inspired by Olga, who is the admin of our Choose of a Houston group to use kind of the same model they used with the tug, which has been facilitating all the screenings for the documentary playing with fire, where if you could hit a minimum threshold of some number of shirts, then they could get shipped out for free to an individual and then get distributed to the local group, the local group communities. And so with that in mind, we talked to Custom Inc., who makes the shirts that we're a huge fan of, the Next Level shirts, and they were game for that. So they are going to be letting us set that up. And I only say that to say that if you are interested in getting a Chooseify shirt for your local area, just let somebody know, let your admin know in your local group that you're in. And I think if we hit a minimum threshold of about 20 shirts, we can ship those for free to your area and they can be distributed at the next local meetup. We're not looking to make a profit off these. I think it's going to cost about $15 a shirt. If there is any tiny amount of profit, we will don- donate that to our nonprofit foundation. So again, this is not a, there's no profit motive here, but this is something that we've been requested many, many times. And people in our community uh, have asked for this. Historically, there was no way to do it. And I think we have something that is both elegant and achieves the stated goal. So yeah, just get involved in your local group. Let them know you're interested. And we would love to connect you with one of those shirts. Yeah. And I think the most important thing you said was get involved with your local group, right? The local groups are the lifeblood of what we're doing here at ChooseFI. They're where you can get together with people in real life and share this journey. I think that is what I've just been blown away by as we have 200 plus of these local groups spread all throughout the world. So just head to chooseify.com slash local to get access to your local group. All right. So the Richmond screening of the documentary Playing With Fire is tonight. It looks like close to 500 people are joining us at this event, Brad. I cannot believe. Yeah. (laughs) Jonathan, I mean, this is the biggest event in the five communities history. 500 plus people are going to show up for an evening of financial independence here in Richmond, Virginia. We are working on our presentation for this Friday as well, but I think the heart of it, Brad, is this is FI. This is what, if I have your attention for 10 or 15 minutes and I'm taking you from never having heard of this before to what I would hope you would come away with, this is that presentation where we've been given just a few minutes, probably like 10 to 20 minutes ahead of the documentary to make that presentation, followed by the format of the documentary and then a Q&A on the backside. What an incredible event for someone who has never, who's been brought by a friend because that friend felt like it was important to share this concept, this idea, to be given that opportunity to make a pitch for why you should be pursuing this. At any level, at any stage of life, you should be pursuing financial independence. It's really exciting. Now, 
This is the Richmond screening that's happening today. That's going to be this evening from six to six to nine at the Bird Theater. If you happen to be in the local Richmond area and you haven't gotten your ticket yet, you can go to chooseafine.com slash RVA. At the end of this episode, I am going to be giving a shout out to all of the screenings who have a ticket threshold that's coming up. There's a deadline to hit a ticket threshold in order for that screening to happen. This going to one of the screenings is the only way to see this documentary currently. And the only reason I say that is this is one of the most popular independent screenings that has ever happened on the Tug platform. There have been literally hundreds of these screenings that have been scheduled and are happening as we speak. They have never seen a grassroots movement like this occur around a documentary. The support for this documentary has been unbelievable. And it's 100% due to the engagement of these local groups and the local community. And our belief that this is a concept, an idea, a message worth spreading, worth sharing. So again, if you are interested in going to a screening in your area, you wanna see if there is one scheduled or whether or not there is one that will be happening in the near future, just wait till the end of the episode. I'll give you a rundown of all of those with uh, ticket thresholds that are approaching in the near future. You can bypass that though, just by going to chooseify.com slash tug, which will give you a list of all the screenings that have happened and all the screenings that are scheduled uh, in the upcoming future. Well, unfortunately, that is going to bring this episode to a close. Now, as you know, we like to finish every episode by doing a drawing for a copy of a book that we have found useful. There's three books that we offer. The first is J.L. Collins' book, The Simple Path to Wealth. The second is Dominic Cortuccio's book, Design Your Future. And the third book from Vincent Puglisi, Freelance to Freedom. If you want to enter the drawing, all you need to do is just go to chooseify.com slash iTunes, follow the instructions there, leave us a written review on either iTunes or Stitcher. Send us an email to feedback at chooseify.com, letting us know that you left a review and what screen name you left it under. We give away one book for every five written reviews that we get, and we announce a winner on the Friday Roundup. Brad, how many winners do we have today? All right, Jonathan, we have two winners today, and the first winner is Megan W. And Megan said, gasoline for the fire. If you're looking for something to battery powered, (laughs) (laughs) if you're looking for something to keep you motivated, educated, and with a sense of community around the fire movement, you've found your guys. I've been listening for several months and can't get enough. Their approach is so intentional. Each episode has actionable takeaways, tips, and real people's stories. Thank you for this amazing resource. All right. And Jonathan, the second winner is Megan D and Megan left this on Stitcher. Life-changing. For the first time ever, I don't feel so isolated. My husband and I have never felt the need to be flashy or to live up to any standard. Our friends live on perpetual credit and can't relate to our lifestyle choices. I stumbled upon Chooseify when I saw Brad present at a webcasted event. I am so glad I did. I have learned so much from their amazing podcast. My husband and I now have an achievable goal to work towards. And a huge thank you to Brad, Jonathan, and all of their guest speakers for helping us move towards that goal. Thank you so much, my friends. All right, the fire is spreading. We'll see you next time as we continue to go down the road less traveled. You've been listening to Choose FI Radio Podcast, where we help middle-class America build wealth one life hack at a time. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for hanging out for these updates. Now, again, what I'm going to go ahead and list off is screenings that are coming up for the Playing With Fire documentary within the next week or two. 
around the country. These are grassroots screenings. And while this is not a comprehensive list of all the screenings, these are the showings where they have a deadline for their ticket threshold. A minimum number of tickets need to be sold in order for the screening to happen. And if you want to find out if there's a screening in your area and maybe it's one of the ones that I'm about to mention, or maybe you're just curious if there is one in your area, the easiest way by far to find the screening is just go to chooseify.com slash tug. That's T-U-G-G. And that will give you a comprehensive list of all the screenings that are actually happening. So in chronological order, the ticket deadlines on July 29th, Kenosha, Wisconsin. On July 30th, Columbia, Missouri. On July 31st, Anchorage, Alaska, Rosemont, Minnesota, Colorado Springs, Colorado, Little Rock, Arkansas, Broomfield, Colorado, Lancaster, California, and College Station, Texas. And let me tell you, it is so encouraging to see how many other screenings I'm not mentioning just because they have already hit their ticket threshold. I mean, there are going to be hundreds and hundreds of these screenings by the time that this documentary finishes its theater tour. It's just amazing to see this come together. So everyone, thanks so much for being a part of this. It would not happen. Without you, this is not possible. All right, we'll see you next time.